Okay, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to read the scripture here. I will read it out of the, uh, the New English Bible here. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26, and uh, continuing on with Pastor Nick's messages on Acts. And here we are at verse 26. Okay, this is talking about Philip, an evangelist. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. That is the word of the Lord, and I'm very glad for it. Um, Just looking at some background to this scripture, background of Philip, actually, he was one of the seven deacons or table servers if you will, that had been appointed, chosen by the apostles back in Acts chapter 6 to take over the daily distribution of food. He's recognized as one of the seven full of the spirit and wisdom. However, in, if we look in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, 
it says there was a great persecution. And this was at the time that Paul was persecuting the church, persecuting the Christians. And there was this great persecution. And what was the results of this great persecution? It actually was fulfilling Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where it says, Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And although I'm sure that no one of those Christians appreciated the persecution, what it did was it spread the gospel. And here we find that uh, Philip, just before the events of this story, where had he been preaching? He'd been preaching in Samaria, spreading the good news throughout Samaria. And so now we're looking at a portion of the scripture that is telling us that now the gospel is going on to the uttermost parts of the world because... He is told by the Spirit of God that to go and join himself or go down to the road that goes towards Gaza and there's someone there that he's going to meet. And this is the opening onto the uttermost parts of the world. And I just will talk about that a little bit later. But uh, if you look at where Philip was preaching, he had been preaching in Samaria, and they had had a tremendous revival there. Many had come to believe in Jesus. There had been miracles. There had been deliverances from evil spirits. And uh, they, were, they were really in a full-blown revival. However, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip, and uh, he said, go down to uh, the road that goes to the south, the Gaza Road. And uh, it's a desert place. So this is the first, first point of my message today that I want you to, to remember. And that is that Philip hears the Spirit speaking to him, and he is obedient. He hears the word, he is obedient. In the midst of this revival that is going on, he is told to go down to a desert place. And he didn't know what he was going to meet up with there. But I just want to draw to your attention, uh, what can we learn from this first event that happens with Philip, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him, and right away, although he is in the midst of something really powerful and a, a revival that's going on, people getting, accepting the Lord, people getting healed, he is obedient. Sometimes when we, if our hearts are wanting to follow the leading of the Spirit of God, we need to be flexible. We need to be flexible. If we're really wanting to hear his voice and to walk in his way, 
sometimes it, we have a change of plans. And we need to be flexible. His ways are not always our ways. Because he sees the big picture. And at this point, God is seeing a man that is on his way from Jerusalem back to Africa, which is south of Egypt at that time. And he has a plan for this man. He wants this man to become converted, to get saved, that he will be able to spread the good news to the uttermost parts of the earth. It was the first step, if you will, in reaching out so much further than what they presently were experiencing. And so in the midst of something that you'd think, you know, why wouldn't Philip stay there? That would make perfect sense for him to stay there and just see the work of God continue where he was in Samaria. But perhaps there were others that could step up and uh, carry it on. But God had a different plan. I believe that there's a scripture found in 2 Timothy 4 and 2. Paul says to Timothy, Be instant, in season and out of season. There's many times that the Lord may speak to us, kind of out of the blue, and we can say, you know, what was that? What was that? What is the Lord speaking to me? And it may be hard for us to make sense of it at the time. But just like Paul said to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. That means being flexible. What is, what is the Lord speaking to me today? Is there something more that he's wanting me to do And we have got many, many examples through the scriptures where uh, God spoke and the people obeyed. And it it wasn't always convenient, and it won't always be convenient. I think of in Numbers, when, when when God was... Uh, visible to the, the children of Israel as they walked through the wilderness. It was a cloud or a pillar of fire. And what were they told to do? They may have just become settled. That was quite, a, quite an entourage of people to, to move and then to settle down. And you just get your tent all set up and everything in place. And... Uh, Wow, look at the Spirit of the Lord is, is moving. The cloud is moving. The fire is moving. And so as convenient or inconvenient that it was, they had to move. They had to move. I think of Abraham, who the Lord spoke to, and he said, I want you to leave your country, your relatives, your home, and you go to a place that I will show you. And so it says that Abraham went, not knowing where he was going. But he did trust that God had everything under control and that he had a bigger plan. And God did have a bigger plan. I think even of Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus, that 
his his life, no doubt, was filled with what would seem like inconveniences, moving to moving to down to Egypt, moving uh, just needing to be aware of what the Spirit of God was telling him, or an, an angelic being was telling him. Sometimes we get addicted to ease, to being comfortable. And uh, we don't like inconvenience. I'm sure that none of us here likes inconvenience. But can we be inconvenienced with a good attitude? When plans get changed, when you know that God is speaking to you in a certain to go to a certain place, to, to talk to a certain person. to And sometimes we're not even aware of it. We just have a sense of, of kind of an inner voice saying, you know, go down this street or, you know, go to this store and, and do your shopping. And sometimes we're not even aware that it is the Spirit of God. But I believe that many times it is. And we can either dig our heels in and say, well, no, I don't want to do that today. And, uh, you know, that's an inconvenience. Or we can be willing, like Philip, to, to leave something that was, that was going on that was really good and to leave preaching to a crowd. And he didn't know just what he was going to expect down in the desert. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 11.4, If we wait for all conditions to be favorable before we sow, we will never reap. Now, isn't that a word of wisdom? If we wait until everything is just perfect before we do, before we step out, before we do anything, we never get anything done. I'm glad that someone recognizes that as, you know... Yes, uh, but there's times for us to be available even when it's not convenient. So did Philip balk or question the prompting of the Spirit? What did he do? He got up and went. And when he goes, the Spirit prompts him further. Notice it was as he was going the Spirit prompts him further and says, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip is out in the, on, in the desert road there, and there's a chariot, whether he, was, he come upon it or it was went to go past him. But all of a sudden, he just sensed this urgency that he needed to join himself to that chariot. So my second point is Philip's meeting with the Ethiopian. What do we know about him? He is an Ethiopian eunuch. Ethiopia was located in Africa, south of Egypt. He was a high-ranking official in charge of the Ethiopian queen's treasury. Now, he... He really had some pull in that, in that, uh, uh, in that area. He's wealthy enough to have a chariot, 
and he's wealthy enough to own his own scroll of the prophet Isaiah. How he would get this, I don't know. He's a man of authority. He has been worshiping in Jerusalem and was now on his way home. And so he is reading. And what he is reading really pricks up Philip's ears. And he said to the man, do you understand what you are reading? And so here is something about the, the Ethiopian eunuch that is important. He was willing to admit his own limitations. And he said, how can I understand this unless someone guides me? So he said, get into the chariot with me. And so Philip jumps into the chariot with this Ethiopian. Now, he was, although a man of authority, a man of means, a man uh, that seemed to have everything all together, he was willing to humbly ask for help when he needed it. Do we do that? Do we do that? Or does, does, uh, can pride keep us from moving forward? There's times that uh, it's very good if we can be teachable. This, this Ethiopian was teachable. He said, I don't understand this. Come and help me. Explain it to me. What, am, what is this telling me, what I'm reading about? And my third point is, he started, just turn my, turn my page here. Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He started right, Philip started right where the Ethiopian was in his, his you could say his experience or his question, right where he was at, the questions that the Ethiopian had. This is where Philip started. And it says he preached unto him Jesus. Philip opens his mouth and explains how this scripture and all scripture points to Jesus. In Acts 4.12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so he began to show the Ethiopian from the scriptures, starting in Isaiah, from the scriptures, the good news about Jesus he was, although the Ethiopian was immersed in the prophecies of, of Isaiah, this is where Philip started to preach Jesus unto him. In Isaiah 53, 7, and this is where the Ethiopian was reading. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. What a marvelous place to start. What a marvelous opportunity. And when we are, when we are talking with people, sometimes there can be a very simple illustration, life illustration that comes into the conversation that gives us an opportunity to share Jesus, share the love of Jesus, the, the compassion of Jesus, the story of Jesus, that we can, we can, uh, we have that opportunity to present Jesus to someone and it starts, it can start with a very down-to-earth illustration. And we can take a truth from that, a life application, and, and share that with, with a friend, with someone that is curious, someone that is hungry, that have got needs in their life. And everybody has needs in their life. The more that you talk with people, there isn't one person, I don't think even one person here or that's watching, that there isn't a need or a problem or a care, a concern, something that's going on in their life that we are able, if, we, if we're really uh, wanting and willing to be used of the Lord to bring hope and love and help to people. And I believe this is what the gospel is all about. It's presenting Jesus, the life of Jesus. And Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings uh, practical help into people's lives. As we, as we love people, God loves people. So as we love people, we can be his hand extended. And this is what Philip was doing for this Ethiopian. He shared the good news about Jesus. He preached Jesus onto him. And we can start with the simplest of illustrations, the simplest of life lessons to share Jesus. And my fourth point is that Ethiopian's life was dramatically changed. Something happened as Philip preached Jesus onto him. Something changed in his heart. And as they are journeying along, Uh, verse uh, 36, they went on their way. As they went on their way, they came onto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? They came to water. And part of the conversation when Philip was preaching Christ must have involved something about water baptism or the the indication uh, that since he has uh, had faith in Christ, and look at what he says to him. 
Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You know, water baptism, so well described here, and we see the picture where they they went down into the water. Philip baptized him. Something happened in the eunuch's heart. And as a witness to that fact, he now had a desire to identify with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. He desired to walk in newness of life. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the Lord did a work in this Ethiopian eunuch's life, his heart, and he accepted Christ. He said, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, is the Son of God. There were no hindrances to Philip. Here was a man that uh, maybe he had a different skin color, a physical deformity. It was not, he was not a, a Jewish person. There was no hindrance from his homeland, a different place, different country, his wealth, his education, or his power. There was no hindrances to Philip. He said, this man has become a Christian. He has acknowledged Jesus Christ as the Son of God. There's no hindrances for me to recognize him as a fellow believer and will baptize him. They go down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and Philip baptizes him. And when they came up out of the water... Philip maybe didn't even get his feet on, the, on the, the road again, but he found himself at a place called Azotus. And the eunuch goes on his way rejoicing because he has, been, uh, he has received Christ, become a Christian, and he is on his way to spread the good news. And so the witness continues just as it was spoken, being witnesses onto the uttermost parts of the earth. And I have read and heard, actually, people that have uh, told about experiences like Philip, where he was translated from the Gaza road there to Azotus, where uh, this has actually happened. People... uh, uh, I remember uh, there was a man that was uh, a missionary, and the Lord, he really felt impressed. He was to go to uh, uh, a different city. He said, go, go to the airport. And so this missionary felt that, well, he would go to the airport, that 
he didn't have the money for a ticket, but he kind of thought, well, if the Lord wants me to go, that he will provide. So he takes his bag and he goes to the airport and he's kind of looking around for someone that uh, might buy him a ticket. But uh, he felt impressed that he should go to the washrooms. So he went to the washrooms and he just felt like the Lord said, take your bag with you into the stall. So he did. And when he came out, he was in the city where he was told to go to preach. And that sounds amazing, and it is amazing. But that's God. God who can do the miracle of changing our heart. Can he not translate us from one place to another? And apparently... God wanted Philip over in Azotus. There was no time to waste. The message had to be told. He needed to preach Jesus more than uh, just in Samaria, but onto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have seen in this story how the power of the gospel can change a person's life altogether changed Philip's, no doubt, changed the Ethiopian eunuch. And he can change your life, the life of anyone who will accept him. I'm glad for that verse in Romans 1.16 where Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And I'm so glad that the power of God has changed my life, and he can change yours. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you bring change into our lives. When you come in, when you take up uh, habitation within our lives. Lord, you can bring a change. You speak to us. And I pray that for everyone that is here, that hears my voice, that they will realize that you can change their life. The power of the gospel is powerful. It, it can change and redeem and set us free from sin. Thank you for the message of, the, of Jesus that uh, does such a work within us. I pray your blessing upon all those that are here. And uh, for those that are listening to this message, may they know that Jesus loves them. In Jesus' name, amen.